Are we growing? Are you growing? We need to better ourselves. We are not supposed to stay the same. We are supposed to grow. We are supposed to improve. We are supposed to walk in God's Word and see God move in our life. So, we looked at the end of chapter 5 and we saw these six negatives, these things that want to come after us to keep us from uh, being successful in these eight Beatitudes. Then today, we start in Matthew chapter 6, and we start looking at five kingdom activities. These are kind of five disciplines. These are five activities that we need to do to help um, kind of support these eight Beatitudes. These all flow right with the Beatitudes. And if y'all don't mind, let's stand up. Let's kind of do the, the Baptist thing. Let's stand up as the Word of God's written, read over you. I'll ask you to read with me. Get out your Bibles if you, do, if you have them. If you don't, just go with me on the screen. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Verse 2. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. But truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Verse 3. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Verse 4. So that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, everybody say, who sees. Who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Father, in Jesus' name, we acknowledge that this is your word. We not only acknowledge that, but we acknowledge that this is the teaching of Jesus. And Jesus, you are trying to show us the Father. Open up our eyes that we may see. Open up our ears that we may hear. Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I want you to pay close attention today to how many times Jesus talks about and references eternal rewards. And not just eternal rewards, but rewards as motivation. How many of you know rewards are motivation? It's not our only motivation, but it is a part of our walk with Christ. And I want, I, to be honest with you, I want to experience all of God's rewards that he has for me. And that's not selfish. You're going to see today, that's not being selfish. That's not being greedy. That's not going after God the wrong way. Jesus showed us that this is a way to pursue God. He shows us that there are rewards Look here in Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to jump just a little bit here. Matthew 6, 16 says, when you pray, it says your Father will reward you openly. Verse 17 says, when you fast, then in 18, your Father will reward you openly. A lot of times, even though my offerings are little. Do you remember the woman who just gave the two coins, the, all that she had, and how much God was moved by that? Even though the rich people were pouring money in, the lady who gave out of her need, he's the, she's the one that he remembered. She's the one that he noticed. So even though sometimes our offerings are little, sometimes our deeds are few and far between, so many times my fasting is pathetic. So many times my blessing of my enemies are half-hearted. God still looks at me and says, that's good. You're trying that is not natural to you. Paul, I can see that you're trying, and that's good. 
it still works. You know what happens? It changes me. I'm different because I am engaging with God while I'm in the process of doing these five things. And I'm going to tell you what these five things are in just a minute. In a minute. Uh, I want to call them spiritual disciplines. But now, listen to me. Spiritual disciplines, these deeds that we do, do not earn God's love. It doesn't make God love us more. He loved us when we were sinners. He loved us when we had nothing to do with him. He loved us. He doesn't love us more. But when we engage in these activities, we will experience more. Our experience increases. He doesn't love us more. But our capacity to experience God increases. When I help someone, when people are helped, God is moved and our spiritual capacity increases. It's kind of like putting our cold heart before the bonfire of God's presence. We just get warmer. We do experience more. It tells us in James chapter 4 that he gives more grace. And more grace means a greater experience in the grace that's available. And you know who he gives it to? He gives it to the humble. And there's no greater description of humility than here in the Sermon on the Mount. And that's the response of humility that Jesus gives us more grace to experience more of his presence. James chapter 4 verse 6, you ought to know the scripture. It says he gives more grace. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Number one, I don't want God to resist me. I want him to desire me. I want him to want me. I want him to abide in me. I don't want him to resist me. So what do I do to keep him from resisting me? I remove pride. And you know what? That is a discipline. Because we want to be proud. We want to have pride. It's natural. It's our sin nature. But he gives grace to the humble. He gives to the humble. So these eight Beatitudes, which are the centerpiece of the Sermon on the Mount, each of these five kingdom activities that you're going to see, whether it's in deeds or blessing our enemies or giving money, they all have an expression of the Beatitudes. When you give money, all the eight Beatitudes come into play at some various level. And I could summarize chapter 6 very simply, straightforward. These five activities are to fast, they're to pray, they're to forgive, they're to bless and they're to give. Fast, pray, forgive, bless, and give. And you know, there's not a whole lot of examples here in Matthew chapter 6 about those five things. Why? Because they're so straightforward. They're relatively simple. We can do them. May not come natural, but we can do them. When you're giving, when you're fasting, when you're praying, what does he say here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1? Don't draw attention to yourself. Did you catch what it said if you do? That the attention that you get is the only reward you'll get and that your Father will not reward you. Well, I'm here to tell you I don't want the attention of being pat on the back. I want the Father's reward. I don't want the reward of man. I want the reward of God. 
I don't want to miss it by tooting my own horn. When you're giving, don't draw attention. And if you, I want you to notice here in Matthew chapter 6 how many times Jesus says it. He says it eight times. Do you think he's trying to get a point to us? Let me ask you this. Do you think it's to benefit us? Yes. This message is for our benefit. It's like he's saying, if you will follow this, blessing is going to follow you. Not only that, but the Father is watching so that he can reward you. That's what I hope you catch today. That's what I hope you catch today. But Jesus doesn't just give us the one warning about don't sound your own horn. He gives us one promise over and over and over. Do you know what he says? My Father will reward you. He's watching and he will respond generously. So when we look at these five activities, remember the warning. Don't draw attention to yourself and know that God is watching intensively and that he's very generous and that he is going to reward every single time. Now catch me now. In his timing. You can't always measure it. Doesn't always come like you think it would, but it always comes. One warning, one promise. So what's the warning? Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. We're going to backtrack just for a minute. Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. Do not sound a trumpet as the hypocrites or the Pharisees do in the synagogues or in worship or in our prayer services. And in the streets, out in public, that they may have glory from men. Jesus says, when you do these five things, don't sound an alarm. Don't do it in the church. Don't do it in corporate gatherings. Don't draw attention to yourself when you're out on the street, in the mall, in the workplace. Don't tell everybody how passionate you are from God, how anointed, how smart, how dedicated. Do it before God's eyes. Do it before God's eyes, not before men's eyes. Our, our natural tendency is to blow our trumpet, and sometimes we kind of just barely want to blow it, so we're really not making a big deal, but you still know what it is that we did. You know what God says? Don't do that at all. God will make it known. So let's go to the promise. This is the real major truth in Matthew 6, that God sees. God sees. And he responds with generosity. God sees and gives generously. If we lose this truth, you know what happens when I lose my grip on realizing that God's watching? I do less. I pray less. I give less. I fast less. And you know, we don't do them to earn anything. You know, we can see here, I want you to catch something here for just a second. There is a cause and effect. There is a cause and effect because it changes me as I do these things. Now, God doesn't love me more, but I do experience more. But what happens is by nature, I drift away. I start to slide away from this truth that he's watching, that he responds generously. Then we come in today and we hear the teaching of Jesus again. And what do we do? We re-up again. I need to do that again. I sign back up. It's so easy to lose grip, and we all have this tendency. But Jesus is trying to show you today what a rewarder God is. 
And church, it's not to be taken lightly. It's to be taken literally. That God is a rewarder. Literally. The Father loves to reward you. Some of the rewards are external. What do I mean? You give, you serve, you pray, you fast, you bless. And you know what happens? Our external circumstances, somehow they get better. Somehow you come out of that hole that you were in. It's not somehow God is watching and he's rewarding. He is engaging. When I give my tithe into, into this church or into ministries, oh, let me just tell you, we just sowed, sowed $5,000 to Care Ministries last week. Now, let me tell you, church, we have struggled financially for the last year. We haven't struggled bad, but it has been a tough year financially. But you know what? We are believing in faith. We are sowing seed. And I can't ask God to bless a seed that's not in the ground. So we sow seed. And you know what? God's going to bless it. How do I know that? Because he told me so. Now it's his problem. That seed is not my problem. I've lost control of that seed. We as a church have lost control of that seed. Now it's up to God. Great. He's a lot better at the seed than we are. I was telling somebody this week, I can pray all day long and I can try to sow seed in this concrete right here. Actually, let's just do this. Let's Let's just say, man, I'd love to have tomatoes. Lord, will you just have tomatoes come up right here, right here in the sanctuary, right there, tomatoes. We're going to pray. We're going to show up every Friday night. We're going to pray over these tomatoes. Lord, in Jesus' name, you bring these tomatoes right there. We're not going to get tomatoes. We can run and we can jump and we can shine die and we can hoop and holler and do everything we want. Lay hands, pour oil on it, but we're not getting tomatoes. When we sow the seed of tomatoes, out in fertile ground. Then we pray. You know what we get? We get tomatoes. You know what God is? God is a God of seed, time, and harvest. You've got to sow seed. And we sow seed in faith. And do you know that seed is dead? It's dead. But somehow, by the miracle of God, he splits that seed open and brings life into it. We can't do that. He can. Cause and effect. Cause and effect. He takes us and he blesses us externally. We give money. He returns it back. He multiplies it in his own time and in his own way. But also in the age to come. He says these things that we do, he's going to bless us in the, age to, in the age to come. Bless us, Lord. Some of these rewards are eternal. He says, I will reward you. I promise. But you know what? We need to have confidence in the rewards. We need to have confidence in what God tells us. Why? So that we will be motivated to hang in there with these eight beatitudes, with these six, with these six temptations, with these five kingdom activities. I've got to stay focused on who God is. If I lose focus, I'll stop doing it. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, let me, pull, let me phrase it this way, without confidence. Without confidence in God, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes must, to God must believe Believe what? And we're going to look into this just for a moment. That he is. 
That is a big statement. And we want to quickly read over it that he is. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. How many of you want God to bless you? Okay, that's the message today. Jesus is promising that the Father will reward. But it's impossible to live right if we don't have the confidence in these promises. When we come to Jesus, we come with confidence that he, what he promised he'll do, he'll do. He doesn't like us coming with confused humility where we say to God, God, you know, we really don't care about the promises. We just want to be humble. We just want to be noble. Don't worry about the promises. No, we're just going to do these things anyway. You know what? You know what? God says, wait a minute. I care about the promises. I'd like you to care about them. If Jesus says, I care about these promises enough to tell you about it and to describe how the Father operates, I think we should like the promises. I want the promises of God all over me. I want the promises of God all over you. I care about his promises. So we believe that he is. Everybody say he is. He is what? He's watching. He's there. He's for you. He's your provider. He's your restorer. He is your very present help in time of need. He is a redeemer. He can defeat your enemy. He can move the mountains that stand in front of you. He is worthy of all your praise. He will draw all men unto you. He is a blesser. He is life. He is love. That's what he is. What is he? He is watching. He is watching. But more than that, not more than that, but he is watching and he's also a rewarder. I want you to notice every time in, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 6 when it says he's watching or it says he sees, you know it doesn't say right after it, he sees so that he can pound you when you mess up. That's the approach so many times we want to think of somebody watching us. He's just watching me just so that when I mess up, he can tell me I messed up. He's just walking around with a critical eye so that every mistake I ever make, he can identify out to me. It never says that. It says he sees so that he can reward you. He doesn't miss what you're doing. Your boss may miss what you're doing. God doesn't. God will make sure that if your boss misses it, God will show the boss what you're doing. When you're doing it in secret, when you're being a good employee, when you're serving God in the, in the back and in the corners and nobody can see what you're doing, you know what God says? I see it. I got your back. You know, your boss may even see it, may not even care that you're doing it, but I care because God says, I am watching so that I can reward you. And I'm going to reward you in every direction you could never even guess. It may come from your boss. It may not. It may, who knows where it may come from? It doesn't matter where it comes from, but you will get it. And you will be home when it arrives. You're not going to get one of those little stickers that says, we tried to deliver. We'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> Stay home between 1 and 5 or 2 and whatever. Whatever. God's not on that time frame. You'll be home when, when his blessing shows up. So what do we do? We recognize he's watching. Not to put pressure and guilt on you, 
but to realize if you will walk this thing out, he's going to reward you. We've got such a backwards way of thinking that we've got to walk this thing out because, because God's got his magnifying glass ready to fry us. That's not why he's watching. He's watching so he can bless you. He's watching because he loves you. How would you like to be in a compromising situation and God not be watching? He's watching. That's how good he is. Does anybody realize how good he is? Matthew 6, chapter 4. Your charitable, your charitable deed and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. He's not going to reward you in secret. He's going to let everybody know. Why? Because people need to see your fruit. They will know you are Christians by your love. That means things have got to be expressing out of you. So God's going to bless you in front of everybody. Why? Because God loves you. And God likes to make a scene about you. I love that. Uh, oops. Ah. When you pray, your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. When you fast, your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Can anybody hear? Let me, let me give you a big point. Who's teaching us this? The Son is teaching us about the Father. Now remember, before Jesus came, we didn't know God as Father. Jesus has revealed him as Father, and now he is revealing him as a rewarder. Wait a minute, you don't know all the things that my dad does. This is what he does. He rewards. You may not realize how good my daddy is. He is so good that he's going to be watching over you to protect you, to guide you, to reward you, to keep you from falling in the cracks, to keep you from turning your foot on, turning your ankle. He's watching you. Those are shouting words. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He sees. And you can't use the doctrine of grace to remove this cause effect. He doesn't love you more. Because as you get by the fire, this icy heart is going to melt. You can't help it. You may try to just stay as hard as you can. Just, no, no. Then you get close to God and he's like, oh. You know, God changed my heart years ago and I didn't see it coming because if I'd seen it coming, I probably would have ran. But God knew better. He knew to just guide me by one step at a time. He knew what was best. God knows best. Father knows best. He knows best. Our wrong views of God come to light when we see Jesus' emphasis on rewarding his people. I'm going to jump a couple scriptures right here. Matthew 16, 27 says, The Son of Man will come. He will reward each according to his works. Verse 12 in Revelation 22 says, My reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. Do we have a part to play? Yes. Rewards express his loving nature and enhances our deep relationship with him. And you know the way I kind of like to look at this? is we don't need to reject the rewards because it is the way the Father 
shows you how he feels about you. We don't need to reject the reward because God is trying to say, this is how I feel about you. I'm going to show you in rewarding your marriage, in rewarding your job, in rewarding your children, and in delivering you out of that because this is how I feel about you. And how does that come? That comes by fasting, by praying, by giving. Because he's watching so that he can reward you. Now remember, our deeds, our righteousness are but filthy rags. If we try to do this without God, you are wasting your time. But when you do them with God, whole nother story. Whole nother story. And you know what? God takes it personally. When you do one of these things, when you do one of these things, you know what God says? You did that because you love me. In your natural, you would have never done that. I know you wouldn't have. But you did it anyway. You know what that is? That's sacrifice. God says he desires a broken and contrite heart. He desires someone that says, you know what? I am going to do what you say to do. God takes it personally. And God says, let me show you how I feel about that. I'm going to bless you. And I want every reward he wants to give to me. I want to celebrate him celebrating me. I want in on that party. It moves God. So let me ask you as I close, which audience do you live before? Do you live before the audience of men or before one or before God or the eyes of Jesus? You know, by nature, we live before the audiences of men, of people. Meaning we're more dedicated when the right people are watching. We're more fervent. We're more passionate, generous, consistent when people are watching us. When not when the right people aren't, aren't watching us that can promote us, what do we do? We kind of just don't do everything that we should. Our dedication goes down. And church, we are all born with that tendency. We fight it our whole life. Jesus is calling for a shift in the way we carry ourselves, in the applause that we're seeking. In Ephesians 6, he said, Paul says, don't go around seeking eye service, using eye service. It says, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord. Eye service means you're more humble, you're more generous, you're more passionate as long as the right people are watching. When they leave the room, it goes down. Paul says, don't do that. And Jesus is trying to say, I want to encourage you. You're never in that position. Never. God's always watching. He's always watching so that he can reward you. He's not watching so that he can bring guilt on you. He's not watching so that he can pound you one. He's watching so that he can reward you. Say reward you. Why is he watching? Sometimes I worry about you guys. 
<laughs> Why is he watching? Hey, I got that one. You think Jesus paid every price so that we would go through life and not be able to, to accept and to receive what it is that he was trying to provide? He wants to, he wants to reward you. So what's he doing? He's watching. Hallelujah. I ask you, Lord, never take your eyes off of me. Never, for my benefit, even if I'm slipping in the wrong direction or if I'm going in the right direction, never take your eyes off of me and let me not lose focus that you've got your eyes on me because you want to reward me. Have you ever watched your child and you know they're about to do the right thing and you're just willing it in your heart? Oh, come on, come on. I can see it, I can see it. And then they do it and it's just like, oh, yeah. And you just want to respond. That's the Father. He sees us move according to his word, and he's just like, oh, yeah. What, what does he need? I've got one of those in the garage. <laughs> just waiting for him. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the first point? Don't draw attention to yourself. Don't sound the trumpet. What's the second point? That he rewards us. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, My grace, my grace. Do you know grace is kind of a twofold thing? It, grace can be forgiveness, but also grace can be power. And this scripture here is talking about God's power. My grace or power is sufficient for you, Paul, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul is sitting here praying, Lord, deliver me from persecution, this thorn in his flesh. And you know what God says? My grace is sufficient for you. He's saying my power is enough for what you're walking through. He's not just saying that. He's saying I'm with you. I haven't left you. That thing may hurt, but my grace is sufficient. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I'm going to help you not draw back in your diligence, but I'm going to help you stand strong under pressure. How many of you need to stand strong under pressure? He's saying that you'll experience God's power made perfect in one context. What is it? Weakness. I'm going to have you stand strong in one context, and that's weakness. And he's not talking about moral weakness. He's talking about voluntary weakness, meaning the weakness that Paul experienced because Paul is making godly choices. And his strength, he invested his strength, and he has put himself in a position of weakness because of these godly choices. And I'm going to show you what I mean, and I, I really mean it. I'm going to close. I'm going to get you all out to your restaurants quickly. It's Mother's Day, and we need to eat. Mama needs to eat. <laughs> these five types, types of voluntary weakness that we've been talking about in Matthew chapter 6, these are things that we do voluntarily because in the natural we, we wouldn't do them. And as we do them, it weakens our position. 
In our natural strength, we are weaker in these five areas, but by voluntarily accepting and trying to do these things, we recognize our weakness, we seek after God, and He is able to move in us in power and strength because of our weakness. Five different ways that we voluntarily subject our natural strength to weakness. And let me tell you, all these ways are forms of fasting. We fast food, we fast time, we fast energy, we fast money, we fast words. And when we fast those five ways, those kingdom activity ways that we see, these are a form of fasting. What do I mean? I mean your financial strength. When you give $1,000 to the building program or to the youth or to the church or to missionaries, you know what you've just done? You've just weakened your financial position by $1,000. You don't have control over that any longer. You have just weakened yourself. Do you see that in our weakness, we are made strong? We don't want to let go of it. We don't want to let go of that money. Believe me, we've got other uses we could use that for, don't we? I just got a 16-year-old. I got to pay for insurance. Our insurance doubled. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? Doubled. We didn't double our drivers. We doubled one driver. My son's turned 15 today. Hallelujah. We got the next one coming. 16. Amen. I'm so glad. But here comes another insurance payment. Get a, you need to get a job. So I want to hang on to that money because I got need. I got a place for that money. God says, no, 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 no. In your weakness, you don't want to do this. Okay, you're going to sacrifice and you're going to sow that. Okay. In your weakness, you will be made strong. And he's watching. Do you see the importance of giving, of fasting, of praying? Because he's watching. Not so that he can make you feel guilty for not giving. So that he can reward you for your giving. I don't know about you, but when when I get a paycheck... This is going to sound maybe kind of funny. You may say, Pastor, it's because you're the pastor and you just work in the church. No, I've been this way the whole, my whole life. When I get a paycheck, I've got to get that seed in the ground. God can do more with it than I can. It's got to go first. Get it in the ground. Where does it need to go? It's like when, when a deacon brought up, hey, I believe the Lord's telling us to give $5,000. I agree. Yeah, we're struggling financially, but we can't afford it. Joe McGee said, I can't afford not to give it. We've got to get the seed in the ground. How do we put seed in the ground? We give, we tithe, we fast, we pray, we do good deeds, we bless our enemy, we start following these eight beatitudes. And what's going to happen? God's watching and he's going to reward us. In our weakness, what happens when, I, when we go back here and we serve in sound ministry or in children's ministry? You've just donated that time. And let, 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 let's just give an example. One week, we, they, go up, go, they go back there, and it was the week we prayed for uh, repentance. You remember, we didn't even preach. We just all came forward. We prayed for repentance. Had an incredible move of the Spirit that Sunday, right? The people in children's ministry is like, oh, oh, man, what did I miss? And I'm like, you didn't miss anything. God's watching, and he's going to reward you. You don't know how he's going to reward you, but you've just given that up so that a parent can be in here and experience the presence of God. Now, sometimes we want to think, man, I would have liked to have had that, but God's got your back. You didn't miss anything. 
In fact, you've got a blessing coming because you just went back there and served. You just wiped some little baby's butt and you did it for God. I am not kidding. God sees the diapers changed. God sees it when that child throws up on you. He says, oh yeah. Oh yeah, I see that. I'm going to bless you. But do you see that we weaken our time? We've just given that time. We can't have that time back. In your weakness, you will be made strong. This is, this, so many people like to call this radical Christianity. It's not. This is not radical Christianity. This is biblical Christianity. It's the only way to do it. What kind of Christianity are we doing when we don't follow Jesus' teaching? You're doing your own wasted time stuff. This is biblical Christianity 101. Fasting is normal and basic to the Christian life. Tithing is normal and basic to the Christian life. You know, we heard some reports. Dave Ramsey said, I think 2%, between 2 and 4% of evangelical Christians, 2 to 4% tithe. That's the people in the church. I'm not talking about the people outside the church. It's people in the church. And you wonder why we struggle. God says, I got a plan. Get in that plan. I want to bless you. Outside of that plan, you're on your own. Get in my plan. It's good. It's good. You guys stand up with me. Let's commit to a lifestyle of praying, fasting, giving, serving, blessing. Come on, church. Let's go. Let's huddle up. Let's get a game plan and let's go. Let's start this week. Let's start this week. Let's change our mindset. Let's turn our hearts to God. And let's, let, let's prove that God's watching us and wants to reward us. I love it when God proves his word to me. It just gives me more confidence in him. He will prove his word. His word says it will not return void, but it will accomplish everything that it was set forth to do. So get your heart right and start serving the Lord. You may be here this morning, you may say, Pastor, I don't even know Jesus. I've not even made that first time commitment. I want to know Jesus. If that's you, lift your hand up real quickly. Lift your hand up. I want to know Jesus. I want to know Jesus. All right, then I take this as that we all know the Lord. Would you turn your heart full, full, full throttle to him? Would you get in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 and start learning what Jesus taught and start following? Not following Pastor Paul, following Jesus Christ. Following Jesus Christ. Be a Christ follower. Because the Father is watching. And it is His good pleasure to reward you. Thank you. Jesus made, made every move for us on the cross. Now He says, it's your move. Step into my kingdom. I can't, Jesus came to this earth to say how great the Father was. To point us back to Him. Would you do that? I'm just going to open the altars to prayer. If you have any prayer need this morning, 
and I'm going to dismiss you. I ask those that are praying with us to come on down, and we're going to pray for you, but I'm going to go ahead and dismiss you. It's Mother's Day, and I want you to get a jump on the restaurants this, this morning. But I want you to know the point is that God is watching, and He is a rewarder. God is watching, and He is a rewarder. Stop tooting your own horn. Let God toot your horn. Father, in Jesus' name, we just turn our hearts directly to you. And Lord, I just proclaim that you are the Lord of my life. That I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, but you're not dead anymore. You're alive. And you are sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for me. You are talking to God the Father about me. And church, he's talking about you. Lord, help me to recognize how good you are and that you are watching over me and that you are looking to reward me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless the mothers today. Lord, let us find the right way to be thankful for our mothers, our wives, all the effort that they give, the blood, sweat, and tears that they give, the pain that they give. Thank you, Lord, for our mothers. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Come on down for prayer if you need prayer. If not, God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night.